to a pretty good start for the day. Getting stuff done. I, I've blocked off Saturdays on my calendar as a no business day. But what I think it's going to really be is a no communicate about business day and actually make it a thinking day and get some stuff done. At least that's the way this morning's going. I just have such a hefty to-do list and all the interruptions and obligations throughout the week make it tough. So I need to buckle down, get things done. Uh, Today's reading starts with a quote. I think we have to remember that I read out of the Body, Mind, and Spirit book, which is actually, I think, geared a little bit more towards substance abuse. So I will... As always, I do this, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but I I usually say alcoholism, and then I incorporate gambling, or I switch out the words altogether. And the reason I'm pointing this out is because today's quote is from E.M. Jelinek, that alcoholism is a disease. So we can apply the same thing. Gambling addiction is a disease. Only a generation ago, alcoholism, or gambling addiction, or other drug addiction in a family was cause for great shame. People just didn't talk about it. Families hid their hid their addictions. Most people pretended that the disease was not there. Today, it is different for many of us. Although the stigma is still present, it is now much more acceptable to talk about our illness and seek treatment. We can join recovery groups for further support. We can listen to the old-timers who have such wisdom and experience. Another great change is that addiction is being seen as a family illness. It's not that the addicted person who is sick, but every member of the family. Guilt and shame have been unmasked as forces that impair people's lives generation after generation. We are grateful for the disease concept and the understanding it has brought to the treatment of addiction. It frees us from shame and helps us learn to love ourselves again. Today, help us all come to understand that addiction is not a lack of character or moral strength, but an illness, and that it is toxic not only to one person, but to the entire family. There's a, there's, wow, there's a lot of things I want to say about this reading, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't, and maybe, maybe it won't even sound logical, to be completely honest, my thoughts on this, because I struggle I struggle with this, this thought that addiction is a disease, not from the sense of seeking treatment. Like I'm glad that, that they've put it in. I don't, I don't want to talk above my head, but they put it in the resources in the medical profession and stuff so that treatment can be billed for insurance, for example, and make it a better option for those who need help. So I'm very grateful for that, and I appreciate that concept. I guess where I struggle is is that I always go back to comparing it to cancer, and this is like full disclosure, right? So someone who gets cancer, and wow, I may even evolve my opinion as I say this, I was going to say someone who gets cancer really doesn't have a choice in getting cancer where it feels like because we choose to go bad or we choose to drink that we have more of a choice which 
almost makes it not a disease. That's the way my brain has all like has been thinking the last few years, honestly. But as I sit here and really think about it on another level, as I explain it to you, I almost wonder if if people now I'm not blaming people that get cancer. So just take this with a grain of salt. This is just me talking through some logic. I know that I I know that I'm not a doctor, right? And this is just an opinion. But the more I learn about things, so I'll just apply this to myself. I've been a smoker for a long time. So the odds of me getting lung cancer obviously are are higher or throat cancer or whatever. I believe, well, that was totally my choice, right? But what if it was some other kind of cancer? So what can I control? So let's say I had a family history of breast cancer. If I didn't go get my mammograms, if I didn't do the things, right, I have some some control in that. So I guess the correlation isn't completely off. And I'm not going to dwell on this part of it. I just... um. I'm going to speak to some of the other really important points in this reading about the stigma and the change. So in in this book, which I don't even know when it was published. um, Let's see, because this is important for what I'm about to say, because they're saying, you know, in, in just a recent decade that it's becoming more 1990. Oh, my God. So this book is 30 years old. Okay, so it's saying a generation ago, alcoholism was cause for great shame. People didn't talk about it. I think that gambling addiction is even another generation behind alcoholism alcoholism addiction, substance abuse addiction. This is just my belief and my perception from what I know from going to GA meetings and from talking to people. People don't understand how devastating gambling addiction can be. So... I think that it is getting better and I think that platforms like podcasting and social media and, you know, even the states are trying to do a better job, I think, about raising awareness about gambling. I could see their efforts. I don't know how it they translate to someone who isn't educated. Like, I'm very hypersensitive to the ads or the things, you know, like I look at the lotto machine when I'm in the convenience store. And I see that, like, there's a gambling message, you know, like, if you have a problem, call 1-800 or whatever that screen says. But that screen only shows up one out of every, say, five or ten or whatever. Its frequency isn't, isn't there. And then I also see the other side of it. So, yeah, there's a gambling message. But then I also see the machine being programmed to ignite that spark, like, as I stand in... I'm very conscious of when I'm standing in a convenience store and I hear the bells go off on that machine announcing that a scratch off or a lottery ticket is a winner. It's totally triggering, totally triggering, triggering. It's it's the old, you know, the old wires in my brain wanting to gather and get together and be like, oh, Bobby, yeah, there's some dopamine for you. Like, I'm I totally am aware of it. So there's both sides to that, right? Like they're trying, but then they're still trying to get revenue off of us. I think it's important to note that it is addiction does impact the entire family. 
I think that's a greater takeaway from this reading this morning. People shouldn't feel, well, I I don't want to tell people how they should or shouldn't feel, but guilt and shame do not serve you. And let's think about this. Let's go back to the beginning about what I said about controlling. Like you can control drinking, drugging, gambling. It's a choice, right? But is it really from the sense of if you identify it, and this is just based on my beliefs, I believe that we use all these things as coping mechanisms. Now, I believe what we're coping from is different for all different people. So let's say that whatever it was that sparked us needing to cope with alcohol or, or, drink or drugging or gambling, we raised our hand at the beginning when there was a problem and we said, hey, I feel depressed or hey, I feel bullied or hey, I feel grief, you know, because there was death or loss or whatever the case may be. Could you imagine how much less addiction there would be if people felt that there was a safe way to talk about these things? If we actually taught children teenagers, young adults, how to cope with that stuff in a better way, meditation, talking to someone, um, you know, like the things, like all the things that we use now as adults to stay in recovery or that people are using to just have better mental health every day. Could you imagine if we taught the young people that early before it becomes a problem? I mean, I know, I know, I'll, I'll use my niece, you know, she sees it. She sees the addiction and she sees the recovery and we can talk about it. But how many of these kids don't have the resources, right? Like it sucks that she has to deal with the addiction. No doubt, 100% totally infuriates me. But she knows that I'm a safe place where she can talk about things or then I'm going to help get her the resources that are over my head. Like I'll do whatever it takes so that she can not end up having to take the journey I took, right? Like she's so much more emotionally intelligent and intelligent than I was at that age. Like she's just, she just blows my mind. But she, like I said, she has this exposure to both sides of it, but not everybody does. So I think that if we, address our demons and we could be honest as we go along then us falling into these loops could be avoided but what do I know right like this is just my opinion based on what I know today as I continue to learn and grow my opinion may change I'm not sure I think the biggest takeaway I want you to have from this though is this last this last note today help us all come to understand that addiction is not a lack of character or moral strength, but an illness, and that is toxic not only to one person, but the entire family. So it definitely impacts the whole family, and it's definitely toxic, and there's no reason to feel embarrassed about it. People understand, right, because there's there's a lot of folks out there paving the way for this to be an open discussion and to show that we can be all right on the other side of the addiction and that it doesn't define us. 
hear me on this. It's okay to ask for help. Actually, I'm telling you to ask for help if you need the help. It's scary. Yeah. And we think that people are going to judge us or criticize us or all the things, but they're really not gonna. They're they're really not gonna. And if they are, they're sick too. Chances are. And they have their own stuff to deal with, right? Because when we're judging other people, it's my understanding that it has to do with our own shortcomings and things that maybe we don't want to deal with. So think about it that way. If, if you're, you know, contemplating seeking treatment or help or opening up to someone, or if you're on the pre-site, if you stumbled upon this conversation and you notice that maybe your drinking's getting a little more or your gambling's a little more or, or whatever the thing is that might be impacting your life in not a good way, I, I ask you to take a look at what's, what's really bothering you, what's really going on. And if you can't figure that out by yourself, talk to a counselor or, or, or seek, some, seek some professional advice or even friend advice or family advice or, or whatever. Like, find some help. It's okay to ask for help, guys. It totally is okay to ask for help. Actually, it's crucial to ask for help so that we end up alive, that we end up well. We need to ask for help. That's what I got. I thought that was an excellent reading today and I hope that I hope that you got some value from that and that you can see the importance of raising your hand to ask for help and to teach the kids the good habits early. You know, find out what's going on on the inside. All right, beautiful people. Have an excellent weekend. I'm going to hang out tonight with some friends from recovery. Pretty excited about that. Haven't seen them in a while very small group not a big group at all bringing my mask all that good stuff so um, yeah nice change of pace i hope that you're finding joy in whatever you're doing all right love you